25% of women are a size 16 or bigger in the UK. Yet in the fashion industry, anyone over a size 10 is considered a plus size model. But in Hollywood, thin is still in. Female celebrities who don't fit into this mold often find their body under intense scrutiny. But why are we so obsessed with weight? From the body positivity movement to accusations of promoting obesity, Lizzo, Adele and Rebel Wilson have been a big part of the conversations on fat shaming, to the point that it seems more of a talking point than their actual work. So why do so many of us have such a strong emotional reaction to fat? And are bigger bodies finally acceptable? So Sarah, just in our lifetime, we've been exposed to an endless stream of perfect body types. I'm thinking of the sculpted physiques of the 80s, like my idol Madonna, to the waif-like figures of the 90s, thinking of Kate Moss. Then came along Liz Hurley in her infamous safety pin dress. Do you remember this? I actually really do. I think it was the Four Weddings and a Funeral um, premiere and she, I had never heard of her before, but she came there as Hugh Grant's girlfriend and she was wearing, well, it was all you could do is see boobs. That's what it was. Mm. It was just amazing. And I think she, she she really launched herself onto the scene with that. And, and all I have is this just seared in my memory these amazing boobs, basically. She did. She looked absolutely fabulous. And I and I think that she sort of became like the it girl of like, I think this was in 94. And then for sort of like the rest of the 90s, she was like an it girl. She was very glamorous, very slim, but like you said, curvy. And I always remember reading in one of these magazine articles um, that she said this. I've always thought Marilyn Monroe looked fabulous, but I'd kill myself if I was that fat. I went to see her clothes and in the exhibition and I wanted to take a tape measure and measure what her hips were. She was very big. Wow. I actually have heard that quote before and it's it's crazily extreme to me because Marilyn Monroe is one of my idols. So you're holding up someone who's considered a pin-up stunning and you're saying she's too fat and you'd actually want to kill yourself. I mean, yeah. And interestingly, Kim Kardashian recently couldn't fit into a dress by Marilyn Monroe, the one that she was going to wear to the Met Ball. So if you're already calling Marilyn Monroe fat, what are you saying about Kim Kardashian who can't even fit into her her clothes? Exactly, exactly. And I mean, there was a real fraud, wasn't there, when Kim Kardashian turned up in that dress? I mean, it was just a real break the internet moment. Absolutely. And I think that, you know, everyone was discussing that she lost maybe like um, a whole stone for that event. She lost a lot of weight and she still couldn't fit in. So it's, it's so interesting because I think as that Liz Hurley quote demonstrates... It's almost like fat is often the worst thing Mm -hmm. someone, especially a woman, can be called. And if people like Marilyn Monroe aren't safe, then what hope do the rest of us have? Yeah. And I think one of the first times that this issue was explored in depth is I really remember reading the 1978 feminist classic by Susie Orbach, which was titled Fat is a Feminist Issue, which just grabs your attention. Mm -hmm. And she declared fat is a way of saying no to powerlessness and self-denial. Fat is a social disease and fat is a feminist issue. Fat people are so rarely included in visual culture that fat is perceived as a blot on the landscape of sleek and slim. I mean, what do you think of that, that quote? Oof, yeah, I I think it's a very powerful quote. And as you know, um, I've had quite a few difficulties with my eating and body image, you know, and it started young, as it often does. You know, I was eight stone, which I think is around 53 kg, and right through to my early 20s, and I gradually put on weight over the years. I sort of lived in these two worlds, as you know, either I'm a complete exercise Mm. addict with restrictive eating, feeling virtuous and perfect, or I spiral into binge eating and just watching TV and being a bit antisocial. And I still struggle with moderation, even after quite a lot of therapy. 
Um, but even though now I'm like a size 16 and my, you know, the biggest I got was size 18, I actually feel pretty good now. You know, I'm fit and strong. I feel really grateful that I've got a body I've danced all through the 90s with, done a marathon with, <laughs> rowing, climbing. Yeah. And I actually want to acknowledge that how amazing it has been to me. And I've put it through a lot of extremes. But in some ways, um, I have never really accepted being fat. It's been a difficult thing for me. And I think I've cancelled myself on many occasions when I've gained weight. Mm, I mean, I can really relate to that. Um, I've also had a lot of problems with weight eating disorders pretty much my entire life. I don't really remember not having these issues or not thinking of myself as someone who had those issues. And at my heaviest, um, I was nearly 30 stone, which is the equivalent of 415 pounds or 190 kilos. And at that point, I was, you know, practically disabled. I've gone through so many d different iterations. I've been in treatment multiple times. I've had surgery. I've I lived in a boot camp for six months where we met. Yeah. And I was training for up to five hours a day. I've gone through periods of starving myself. I've repeatedly gained and lost large amounts of weight, for example, 10 stone in six months and then putting it back on the following six months. And I've been in therapy now for over half my life. And it's essentially, I would say, overshadowed or been the biggest focus of my entire life. And I'm finally um, at a place where I've done a lot of work and it's still an ongoing thing, but I can accept myself to a much greater extent than I ever did. And I, I again, like you, I appreciate what my body yeah. has done for me. But as you say, in terms of accepting fat or being fat, um, in the past, I couldn't even hear that word. It was almost like a massive slap to the face. It, I had such a shame response. And now I'll call myself fat because I don't have that association that it is, it, you know, it's just a descriptor. Mm -hmm. But but that has been, um, you know, we're talking a sort of 30 year journey to get there. So I think as you as you point out, we're in a position where we, we have a lot of personal experience on this topic yeah. that we're bringing today. So, for example, growing up, I rarely saw women with bodies like mine in the mainstream media. And that made me feel even more of an outsider and, and a freak, to be honest, uh, as, is how I often viewed myself. And so it's been so exciting to witness the rise of Lizzo in the last few years. Yeah. And, you know, um, Lizzo is having a really hot moment, isn't she? And she, you know, she's won big at the Grammys. She's been at the Brits, the Emmys. I feel like she is the celebrity out there um, representing big women. And like you said, it's like, I'm not really used to this. This is all new to me. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for people who maybe don't know who Lizzo is, um, she's an American singer, rapper, flautist, uh, classically trained. And she's known for embracing her body and sexuality, um, including twerking on stage. And she appeared naked on the cover of one of her albums, the album Because I Love You. She's very confident mm. in her body and herself. And she declares that I know I'm fat. It doesn't bother me. I like being fat and I'm beautiful and I'm healthy. So can we move on? You know what? And I absolutely love her. She's just a, such a breath of fresh air. And she doesn't do anything different to what Beyonce does. Yet she is constantly dealing no. with a barrage of abuse because she's doing it in a in a bigger body. Absolutely. And for example, when I we were researching this, one of the quotes we found is, plain and simple, Lizzo is absolutely disgusting. I don't know how or why, but I have seen her music video and I've seen her videos posted from her concerts. And all I can think is, why the hell would someone wear that in public, much less someone who is her size? She is way too big and her roles swallow the lingerie she wears. I mean... Yeah. This is just wow. one of thousands of comments that you find about Lizzo. And not even the worst of what some of the people say. Yeah. 
Um, and I think as as a comment like this demonstrates, there seem to be certain themes that come up in the criticism, which is it's almost saying that people in bigger bodies, they can only wear certain things. You mm-hmm. have less right to wear what you want uh, if you are in a bigger body. Also, that being exposed to a bigger body is somehow offensive. Yeah. Almost as if you should be hiding away because you're so offensive that anyone just accidentally encountering you in public might be horrified. You know, you should be covering up in a Mew Mew or something. Mm -hmm. You know, for example, there was the comment on, um, it was a Daily Mail comment that said, fair enough, but shield the rest of us by wearing clothes that are more supportive and give better coverage. We don't all have to see it. And there's just sort of no self-accountability for, well, you don't have to look at everyone, do you? You know, how is someone offensive just for existing in that body? It is quite shocking, the intensity around how disgusted people are by fat. But why are people so disgusted by fat? I mean, you go online, there's a lot of people acting like fat people are the worst of the worst, and they should not even exist because they are fat. It's that intense. It really is. It's, it's, it, I mean, I know there are other uh, groups of people who also get a lot of hate, but it, it, it's something that seems so disproportionate. And, and I think the thing to firstly remember is it's not actually universal. This is quite um, a westernised culture. I mean, um, I spend a lot of time in Africa and, you, you know, you can walk down the street, no one's looking at you. There are a lot of bigger bodies. In fact, it's considered the height of beauty in certain areas. So we're coming from a very westernised perspective. But also, I think what's so interesting to me is, you know, the term fat phobia. We always think of it as hating fat. But as, you know, as it comes from the Greek, phobia is really about fear it's it's a fear of fat i mean i don't know what people think are going to happen that you know someone in a fat body what what are they actually going to do to you what are you actually afraid of and there's an element for me where i believe it's about it it represents losing control or not having discipline that's how it's perceived Mm -hmm. and um i think when people see it in others they subconsciously don't want to deal with their own fear of losing control their own fear of their weaknesses being exposed Mm -hmm. And instead of looking at themselves and what they they might be worried about, they it, it's so much easier to push it away and be like, you're the problem, you're disgusting, mm. you're the person I hate, and I don't have an issue, I don't have to look at myself at all. And And like we said, there's quite a strong perception that fat equals being lazy, being greedy, and that there's an absolute choice about it. Um, you know, that's always one of the biggest things that people say. Absolutely. And, you know, do you think it's somehow more offensive for a woman to be fat? I mean, I do. I, th- I you know, I, I, I actually really do, because I think women are expected to be sexually and visually attractive. That's one of the main goals of womanhood is, is subconsciously. And I know not everyone agrees with this, but there's a sort of expectation that our value comes with how attractive we are perceived to be by men. And as fat isn't considered attractive in Western society, it means that if you are fat as a woman, then you're somehow not fulfilling the the role that you're supposed to be fulfilling as a woman who's supposed to be attractive. Mm-hmm. So I do think there is a bit of a double standard. But Lizzo's not here for it. She's not interested in that double standard. And she's recently hit out again about body shamers. And she was wearing a string bikini in the video and she said, you know, the discourse around bodies is officially tired. Do we realise that artists are not here to fit into your body standards? Artists are here to make art. And this body is art. I'm going to do whatever I want with this body. I wish that comments cost people money so we can see how much time we are effing wasting on the wrong thing. 
my goodness, I love this. I love this. And this brings me to something that's new to me, the body positivity movement and self-love, mm-hmm. which Liz has been a big promoter of. And I would say she's the face of and the body of. And, and, and one of the quotes I like, she said, is I'm all about body positivity and self-love because I believe that we can save the world if we first save ourselves. You know, absolutely. And I completely agree with that. And um, she's got millions of followers on Instagram and she's got a lot of support from people who really, really need to hear this um, message. And for example, uh, there was a, a Daily Mail comment that said, Lizzo is an extremely talented, classically trained flautist and her music is full of positive messages about self-acceptance. It's such a shame that people choose to drag her down because she's not afraid to be confident in her body. And another quote was, I agree with you. Fat people shouldn't have to hide away and be ashamed. I would love her confidence. Oh, oh boy. And I think quite a lot of people feel that way. Oh boy, yes. And, and, and you know, have you ever felt you should hide away? Absolutely. I mean, not these days, but there was a whole period, especially as a teenager and into my 20s, where, I mean, I had such extreme social phobia that was very body related. I wouldn't leave the house other than to go to school much. And um, I certainly wouldn't buy clothes. I used to make my mum go and mm-hmm. guess what size I was and bring them back and I'd try them on because I was so scared to be in public and I just felt constantly shamed. And I don't know how much was accurate and how much was projected, but it really, I mean, I, I very much felt like I should just stay in my house and not go out. And that's been... Um, taken years to overcome I think you know and now I'm at a point actually um, as I was telling you the other day I went to a a, a yoga class on Saturday and it was so hot I mean so hot that I did it in like a little sports bra and trousers of course (laughs) just just the sports bra bra. okay yeah exactly which you know a lot of people go to yoga and they wear those little crop tops like the sports um, outfits but even then there was like a, a, a tinge of oh, you know, I'm letting all my loose skin and my 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 rolls out. Are other people going to be bothered by this? Do I have the same right to wear the kind of clothes that people in smaller bodies do? And you know what was interesting? I don't think anyone was looking at me. Yeah. But there was that initial insecurity, which is so interesting even now after years of work. So, you know. Yeah. And I, I think you've probably had similar experiences. Yeah, I have. And, you know, it's just crazy when I was looking back at my diary for this episode and I found an entry when I was 17 saying I'm eight stone six I've got to get down to seven stone ten you know I absolutely wasn't allowed to live a life until I got to this weight (laughs) and you know as the decades have gone it the weights change like is a sort of number Mm. and I'm like well now I can't go out because I'm over that number I can't live my life and be happy and that's why it's crazy because, you know, like someone like Lizzo comes along. Like I said, she wasn't around when I was growing up. I grew up with Madonna and and she was my idol. And and I'm thinking of this quote um, about Lizzo. I'm a size 10 to 12 and don't have the confidence to wear a bikini. I wish I had that kind of confidence that Lizzo has, which is something for saying, especially when you get to your mid late 40s and you're like, just live your life. Mm. Your body's so beautiful. You don't realise as you go through the decades. Yeah, and I think Lizzo's so radical because self-love and body acceptance is just so rare in women of any size, but practically non-existent for bigger women. And she's not just accepting it, but she's absolutely loving it and embracing it. And I think, I, I mean, I don't know any woman who hasn't at times been on a diet or had aspects of their, their body they don't like, you know, cellulite or, mm, oh, I don't like my nose or this. And like we've said, I've been in 
a lot of treatment around people with eating disorders and some people who for me look like absolute models I would have killed to have their body in their face and they feel horrendous so it just shows it's not really related to the the external it's such an internal thing particularly among women mm. Lizzo's been fat shamed by lots of people online but but she even has to deal with being shamed by other male celebrities for example last year Kanye West did an interview uh, when Lizzo loses 10 pounds and announces it, the bots on Instagram, they attack her losing weight because the media wants to put out a perception that being overweight is the new goal when it's actually unhealthy. And sh she hit back. She was like, I'm minding my fat, black, beautiful business. And that's the thing. She's getting on with her life. But but everybody has something to say, regardless of that. Mm. And it makes me think, and I found a quote for today's session saying that, um, only respecting women you're attracted to isn't respecting women. Oh, I love that quote. Yeah, I thought it just nailed it. But Lizzo is so entertaining and spreading so much joy. But she does, like we said, incite a lot of online anger. And one of the frequent criticisms I've seen is that she's unhealthy and promoting obesity. And this is a tweet from a few weeks ago. I'm just going to read it out. Um, it's about the Brits. Get rid of that Lizzo off my screen, Brits. Shouldn't be giving someone that unhealthy and obese this much airtime. Too many young, impressionable girls will be getting the wrong idea on their health. It's much as a war on women as it is on men these days. Save us all. Hashtag Brits. And yeah, the Brits didn't respond, mm. but it got seen by a lot of people. And it made me think, can't people exist and accept themselves as they are without being accused of promoting something or being unhealthy? Yeah, it's such a crazy thing that, that it's one of the very frequent um, criticisms that we see. And it's, it's, you know, going back to the quote that you've just said, there's no mention of the fact that we've had loads of probably anorexic women who've probably got some kind of eating disorders on our screens. We don't say, oh, no, we shouldn't be giving them airtime. What are they promoting? But for example, a woman in a, in, a, in a fat body, it's like, oh, no, she shouldn't be here. I shouldn't have to look at her. And it's so weird because I don't know, it's almost like just looking at a fat person is somehow going to make you suddenly want to be fat yourself. Mm -hmm. I, I don't understand the logic of it. But also there's this idea that if you somehow aren't showing shame, then you're encouraging everyone else to be putting on the weight. And that you should just be, you should be apologizing for your existence in a bigger body mm -hmm. by, by constantly being drenched in shame, um, because otherwise it might be infectious if yeah. you accept yourself. For example, we found, an, uh, we've found so many online comments where they've argued that you should encourage fat shaming people because it's actually giving them the motivation to lose weight. Uh, for example, we do need to tell people they're fat and we shouldn't flinch from saying things which are difficult. It isn't fat shaming, it's honest. But you know what? <laughs> you know what's so interesting is when you actually properly look into the research, it pretty much proves the opposite. You know, studies show that exposure to weight bias triggers physiological and behavioral changes linked to poor metabolic health and increased weight gain. You know, so that's that's happening on a metabolic level. Um, so, you know, fat shaming is actually making people fatter is essentially what it's saying. And shame, shame is so toxic. Oh, and yeah. again and again, the research demonstrates the link between shame and addiction, shame and depression, eating disorders, bullying, suicide. And as Brené Brown, one of our heroes, mm -hmm. I mean, she's both of our heroes, right? <laughs> yeah. As she says, shame erodes our courage and fuels disengagement. If shaming people actually worked, we wouldn't have any fat people left because 
it would have motivated everyone already. So it's just such a weird logic for me, but one of the ones that I see most often. You know, loving yourself and accepting yourself as you are doesn't mean you have don't have areas that you want to work on or that you're advocating that everyone should be exactly like you. Mm-hmm. Weirdly, the times that I've gotten healthier the quickest are the times when I wasn't focusing on losing weight. I was focusing on just loving myself as is. And it somehow gave me that breathing space to just take care of myself. So I, I think it's such it's, it, it's counterintuitive, but almost the less you focus on it, the more it happens a bit more effortlessly. Yeah. I think you've had similar experiences. Yeah, you know, I did. Because a couple of years ago, someone, um, you know, very close to me sort of did a fat intervention on me. And they said to me, <laughs> you know, you're very overweight and I'm worried about you. And, and, and I think it's fair to say I'm worried about you getting diabetes on, and things like that. But I think the strange thing was that it was weird because it's like I didn't already know that I was overweight and they didn't ask me what my plan was and if I felt healthy it was just an assumption that I must be walking around completely unaware that I'm three four stone overweight (laughs) (laughs) like you're just constantly out there buying size eight clothes and wondering why they don't fit you're like but I'm sure I'm a size eight. I'll just keep buying it. And I did wonder if I had opposite body dysmorphia because I don't really have mirrors in my house. And I thought, yeah, I still look like J-Lo. I still got it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I mean, something I've experienced and experienced from just like, I think the bigger you are, the more uh more you'll get interventions if you want to call them that you know even just down to comments or diet advice from complete strangers I mean I've been I went I once went into a plus size clothing store I find it funny now but I was buying clothes in a plus size clothing store and the lady at the till tried to give me diet advice and I'm like um, oh no thank didn't you ask. <laughs> Yeah, and also one of the things that doesn't happen to you when you're bigger in the office is no one ever says, oh, you look like you've put on weight or you've lost weight. They keep well away from that topic. But if there's a slim girl, they'll be yeah. constantly saying, oh, you look really great. I love that dress on you. Have you lost weight? It's like, but they would never <laughs> say it to me. I don't yeah. know if they think they'd be heading straight to HR. But yeah, it's it's an interesting topic. Well, it's interesting because I feel like on the other hand, I've obviously, get you've known me long enough, I've gained and lost weight and usually quite rapidly in periods. But when I'm losing weight, everyone wants to compliment you on, oh, you've lost weight. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, there's a homeless lady who comes uh, to, on bin day, she comes on, on our street here. And every week she's saying, oh, you've lost weight. And I know it comes from, um, it comes from a good intention. It's meant to be kind. But essentially, when I'm losing weight, all they're telling me is, oh, well, you weren't really that great when you were bigger. So thank God you're losing it now. And it's almost like, can I not just go around my life without people I don't even know commenting on my body? You yeah, know? <laughs> yeah. And, and talking about fat shame, you know, let's get to Adele. And I, I don't think Eldon, we don't need to really introduce Adele. You know, we all no. know she's an amazing singer and she likes a good laugh. She's British. You know, I've always thought she was beautiful, and but I'll never yeah. forget Carl Lagerfeld saying, "She's a little too fat, but she has a beautiful face and a divine voice." Um, I mean, would you say that he was fat shaming her, or just telling her the truth? No, he's he's telling his truth, not the truth. I mean, and yes, it's fat shaming whether he's aware of it or not. I mean, it's one of those classic things you hear about. Um, oh, she's got such a pretty face, or she'd be so beautiful if she just lost weight. You're like. Mm, backhanded compliment there 
Um, but also, I think Karl Lagerfeld, he used to be very overweight and he lost a lot of weight and he works in the fashion industry. So I feel like he's projecting his own fat phobia that he clearly hasn't dealt with onto someone else. Mm-hmm. And yes, it's not malicious. It's not. It's, you know, there are different degrees. We've read some some much worse ones, but it's still an element of you're not good enough and I have a right to comment on your body. And it's I mean, that has to be exhausting being in the public eye and having that constantly thrown at you. Yeah, and I think that's the world that Adele sort of lived in for quite a long time, isn't it? Is that she's mm. got this beautiful face, beautiful voice, she's bigger woman. And, you know, then she went and lost uh, a lot of weight, 100 pounds, they say. So that's seven stone, 45 kg, we figured out. And, yeah. you know, she looked radically different when she posted that photo on Instagram to the point I didn't almost recognise her. I was thinking, where's Adele gone? It was really shocking. Do you remember? Definitely. Yeah, no, uh, it was on all the newspapers and it was it was quite a shock transformation. It was. Yeah. And, you know, there was a lot of praise and sort of obsession how she lost that weight because it was so like incredible. I think we'd gradually seen her on a few posts going down in weight. Um, but there was also a massive backlash and a sense of betrayal. A social media comment saying skinny Adele feels like a betrayal. Yeah. And, and that was kind of... Um there were quite a few people who felt the same way. I mean, there was a Telegraph article by Rebecca Reed that was titled Why the photo of a new slimmer Adele makes women like me feel uncomfortable. And in it, she said, when I've spoken previously about the sense of betrayal that I get when someone who used to have a body like mine loses weight, people have been quick to accuse me of jealousy. And those people are quite right. There is an undeniable aspect of jealousy in my reaction to Adele's weight loss, just as there has been every time someone I know in real life goes from having a body like mine to a body like a Love Island contestant. Mm-hmm. And, and I think Virgie Tova, who's a body positive influencer and author, she explains this phenomenon and this, this reaction that people have with the quote, when you're in a larger body and you're hearing for the first time that there's nothing wrong with you, that you aren't inherently unhealthy, that your body is beautiful, you really, really want to believe it. This idea is so radical and so nascent, however, that the instinct is to look for evidence of others adopting this belief. And this is where larger bodied celebrities come in. Yeah. And I, and I think for me, Adele was one of those few sort of, what would you call her, a bigger bodied <laughs> British star? Bigger bodied, but sort of average yeah. women size. You know, she wasn't morbidly obese I would never have called her that but she she was definitely yeah not more like an every woman than a Hollywood um OC girl yeah double you know yeah size zero or whatever they call it you know yeah and and I think for years they tried to pin the weight thing on Kate Winslet who's not even fat in the Mm. least in fact she's been recently promoting the re-release of Titanic um, and she was talking about how abusive people were um, towards her when that film came out. And especially because, you know, when they at the end of the film, she's getting on that sort of door frame with Jack. Yeah. And she's, and, you know, people accused her and said that, you know, she was too fat. Uh, she said they were really mean. If I could turn back the clock, I would have used my voice in a completely different way. I would have absolutely said to journalists, I would have responded and I would have said, don't you dare treat me like this. I'm a young woman. My body's changing. I'm figuring it out. I'm deeply insecure and I'm terrified. Don't make this any harder than it already is. That's bullying, you know, and actually borderline abusive. And I would say that. And I do remember Kate Winslet being, um, I mean, this was something they talked about in every time she promoted a film. Mm. This was brought up about her weight. Yeah. And she's not fat. She's not morbidly obese. She's, um, she's just got a certain body type that's not 
inherently skinny and and I've always thought she was absolutely stunning absolutely and I I mean I even remember memes saying oh you know Jack wouldn't have had to drown if she hadn't been so fat because they'd have both been able to fit on that door and you're like come on guys (laughs) yeah I mean that's what you're focusing on yeah and like you said I think she's got a sort of um beautiful body but everyday kind of woman body I mean I think someone even said that she was Mm. like size eight in real life so it's crazy that you know when you got like you think of those media representations of bigger women um and I'm thinking of growing up particularly about you know the the British scene you know I'm thinking of Dawn French who absolutely adored Mm. French and Saunders and she's comedy genius and I'm still laughing she did the brilliant Catherine Zeta-Jones impression look it up anyway I found this quote from her um about her experience of being um bigger Um, And she said, as my career progressed and I got a greater public profile, my being fat made it okay for others to be fat. It allowed people to breathe in a way. For you, like how important is it to see bigger bodies out there in the media and in films and in TV? I mean, so important, but I didn't realise that at the time because it wasn't really an option. You know, you're 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 having these idealised fantasies, which a lot of film is for us, aspirational. And there just weren't bigger women other than the fat side funny sidekick role or the um do you remember that um Pauline Quirk was in was it yes. was it the sculptress where she was um uh, considered a horror horrifying murderer but there was such a focus on the fact that she was overweight in it mm-hmm. so I mean I remember when the film Dumplin came out not a few a few years ago it's about a teen girl who enters a beauty pageant and she's plus size and it but she was also she was the protagonist and she was the romantic lead and I, it's just, you know, you're so desperate for these to see yourself there that you don't realise, you don't realise until they come along how much you've been waiting for that. Mm-hmm. But as a result of that uh, and the scarcity of it, I mean, it puts a lot of pressure on the bigger bodied celebrities to be role models. And, and in response to this whole kickback to Adele's weight loss... And she said, I was body positive then and I'm body positive now. It's not my job to validate how people feel about their bodies. I feel bad that it's made anyone feel horrible about themselves, but that's not my job. I'm just trying to sort my own life out. I can't add another worry. And I feel her. I feel her there. And I've noticed since she's lost a lot of weight, there's been a slight narrative shift in the media towards her sort of framing her as a sort of bit of a diva and and lost what made her lovable. For example, this male online comment. Who does she think she is really? She used to be so down to earth and relatable. Now I find her overrated and annoying. I mean, there are quite a few comments along those lines. And and, and there seems to be this theme, particularly, I think, um, in British culture, that we really like an every woman and we like an underdog, you know, yeah. and um, we want to have someone that we can root for that doesn't feel that that feels like an underdog that we can root for. And so we build them up because we want to have that representation. But as they become more successful and they go to Hollywood or whatever, they're no longer the every woman that we wanted them to be. And so as a result, we then try to uh, tear them down. I think they call it sort of tall poppy syndrome. But it seems to be the cycle that we keep trying to find every women um, role models. But as soon as they've become successful, they're not fulfilling that that anymore. And we want to have a backlash. Exactly. And they call it having a glow up, don't they? And, you know, and that's very Los Angeles. And, you yeah, know, it's very American, I feel. <laughs> and, you know, somehow that's just disappeared, that lovable side of her. And that mm. brings us to Rebel Wilson. Rebel Wilson, yeah. 
And I think back in, I mean, back in 2015, she actually attributed some of her funny to being fat. And she said, and bigger girls do better in comedy. I don't know why. Maybe because people find it easier to laugh. It's very hard to laugh at someone who's very attractive, I think. And normally those people don't have a great personality anyway. I do have these dreams like, what if I just went to a health farm and lost 50 kilos? What would happen? Would it affect my career? But then I think that's never going to happen. However, skip ahead five years to 2020, her year of health, as she termed it, and she actually lost 77 pounds, which is the equivalent of five and a half stone or 35 kilos. And that that made very big news at the time. And she, she went on to comment on that and say, you know, in 2019, I had like four movies come out, two of which I produced and one Jojo Rabbit, which got nominated for an Academy Award for Best Picture. Yet I get more press the following year when I do nothing except lose weight. I mean, yeah, she was everywhere um, about her weight loss, wasn't she? And she documented it over a course mm. of a year, like her year of health, like you said, on Instagram. And yeah, it's actually very inspirational. You see a hiking she does give off such a great vibe. I, I, I really think that she's worked hard for it. But like Adele, she got a lot of criticism. And um, one of the quotes that we found about both Rebel and Adele was, Rebel Wilson and Adele both look weird after they lost weight. They have these weird big mouths and smiles and their heads look all large and stand out. I'm not trying to bash them for their weight loss or anything, but something about them both just seems off. And the response comment to this was, these poor women can't win. First, it's F them for being fat. And now it's F them for looking weird after losing weight. Yeah, I mean, I think that sums up Hollywood entirely. <laughs> it's not really someone is going to hate you for something. Yeah. But particularly in this, um, in this topic, it is, it's such a big thing. Yeah, you really can't. So it even goes as far as it's not just about uh, a backlash of losing weight itself, but then there's also the speculation of how you lost weight. Yes. Did you lose it the right or the wrong way? And there's a definite moral judgment on how you lose weight, as if there's an ethical or an unethical or one that we can get behind. For example, um, Rebel Wilson's been accused of gastric sleeve surgery. And there was a comment that said, Rebel and Adele had surgery, wish they would stop lying to people. Mm. And even more than that, like one of the latest things I've noticed has become a really big theme since the end of last year, beginning of this year. But there was a Variety magazine article in 2022 calling Azempic, which is a medication that you inject um, for diabetes, the worst kept secret in Hollywood. And it suggested A-listers were using it to slim down for, for events. Elon Musk has um, admitted to using it to keep in shape. And Kim Kardashian was rumoured to have used it to lose the 16 pounds she needed mm -hmm. to fit into the Marilyn Monroe dress that we talked about earlier. Yeah. Other people have also been speculated uh, who've lost weight and, you know, they've said Mindy Callings used it. They've, I mean, they've, they've said everyone who's lost weight has used it, yeah. essentially. What's interesting, you said it's Hollywood's worst kept secret. Why do you think there is so much secrecy about how celebrities lose weight? So, well, firstly, I think there's this idea that you want them to seem naturally perfect, sort of above us. And then on top of that, there's, there's the monetizing of their bodies and weight loss of the aspirational. So for example, a lot of them have uh, sponsorship deals with companies um, saying, oh, this is how I've got my body. Why don't you buy it and you can get it too. I know that um, the Kardashians are accused of that a lot. They've been called out for promoting these diet teas. Mm -hmm. and, and I think it's particularly difficult. You're promoting these products and you're saying this is going to make you look like me when they've had probably a lot of surgery. I mean, they've never admitted to it, but or if you're having a gastric bypass, but then you're saying, oh, I, I, I just did it with my trainer. Why don't you buy my exercise video? Yeah. And you're like, 
mm, that's not really what happened. I think it's the bait and switch element. Because there are definitely people out there who, who do go, yeah, I've had a gastric bypass or yeah, I've had this. I personally have a lot more respect for them. But it's very few and far between, isn't it? I'm thinking of, is it Kelly Osborne admitted to having a gastric sleeve? Yes. And getting back to Rebel Wilson, it brings me on to the fact that fat girls get typecast as the funny girl. Thinking of Melissa McCarthy, Joe Brand, Dawn French, Amy Schumer, Miranda Hart, Mindy Carling. And, you know, I was thinking that humour is so much part of their kind of defence, you know, or when you're fat, humour is used as such a defence, isn't it? I mean, think of all the male comedians also mm. that are fat. Um, but Brand um, has been making jokes about her weight ever since the mid 80s her first television appearance she says i read that book fat is a feminist issue got a bit desperate halfway through and ate it i get why she did it back then you need to make the obvious fat jokes yourself before the hecklers do and make them funnier yeah i mean <laughs> it's quite funny yeah. um that's the thing it's that self-deprecating humor and it's it's the the thing that the class clown represents the idea that you know people who might be bullied can uh joke their way out of it if you make the joke first it's almost like you know there's nothing anyone can do to hurt you mm -hmm. and I, I think probably some of these people have actually developed their sense of humor as a defense mechanism in the first place mm -hmm. and then you know created a career out of it and i think you know good on them yeah but but it's also not just women that this applies to i mean there's loads of um overweight male comedians uh who've lost weight such as drew carey john goodman Jonah Hill, James Corden, Ricky Gervais. And, you know, there was a human behavior expert and celebrity life coach who said, losing weight can be the ultimate comedic curse if you have established yourself as a fat comedian. Once we create our images of famous people and actors, we don't like those images to change or to be challenged. And another body image expert and author, Dr. Robin Silverman said, people tend to find it easy to laugh at those who are seen as overweight. This may be because the audience feels that they are better than the performer and feel comfortable because they aren't threatened or worried about measuring up. Hmm. And, you know, it's interesting with Rebel Wilson's career because she, you know, like you said, she mentioned that she was worried that if she lost weight, it would impact her career. And, you know, I'm thinking of her iconic role as Fat Amy in Pitch Perfect, which she was brilliant in. Um, but someone tweeted, Rebel Wilson practically built her comic career on demonising and mocking fat bodies and now she's lost the weight, she's practically useless as an actress. I mean, do you think that's true for Rebel Wilson? Because actually, to be fair, I've not actually watched anything recent of her since she's lost weight. Just there was a sort of Netflix comedy show um, where she played this girl where she had amnesia and then she came back to high school. She's still got the same comic timing and she's still funny, but there is something, is her brand like a little bit lost? I'm not sure. I mean, I think she did do quite a lot of um, self-deprecating humour. And obviously, if, if the main thing you go to in the self-deprecating humour is is your weight, um, like the Fat Amy character, I think, you know, I think one of my favourite things is in that that film, she's lying on the floor and claiming she's doing horizontal rung <laughs> instead of vertical. And it is funny. It is. But, um, you know, obviously she's going to have to pivot now because she can't do the same brand of comedy and it's quite interesting because this is just like a quick aside, but I don't know if you've seen um, Hannah Gadsby's uh, Nanette no. Netflix special, no. where she, the whole thing is about why self-deprecating humour, so she used to make a lot of, um, oh, I'm clearly a lesbian humour, uh, lesbian feminist humour, 
it can ultimately be quite damaging to you because you're basically trading your own vulnerabilities for um, comic currency. And over a long period of time, you're eroding your own sense of self-worth. And I, yeah. I thought it was just such an amazing uh, Netflix special and it, it was completely revolutionary. Mm. But I think there's always opportunities to reinvent yourself and find the funny in something else um, or in the process of weight loss or in what you have to deal with now. So I don't think it has to write you off. It just depends on how you approach it. Yeah, it's almost like, you know, if you've gone, you traded too much in it, it's hard to sort of almost get out Mm. of it, right? But what do all these comments about Liz O'Dell and Rebel Wilson sort of mean for us? Um, On one side, you have this very vocal body positivity movement. On the other side, this intense almost hatred of fat. How do we um, literally metabolize these messages? Are we meant to hide in our houses of fat or be out dancing in sparkly outfits and enjoying our fat selves unapologetically and accepting it? And it's just the other person's problem. I'm sort of a bit stuck what to do with all this information. Well, I mean, it's so difficult because each person's relationship to their body is so individual. And even if you work on your own um, self-esteem and your own relationship with your body, we still live in a society. We're not living on an island by ourselves. We're still affected by it. And for me, the quote that sums up the relationship our society has with fat is uh, by Susie Orbach. Um, where she says, our idea of a healthy body is so destabilized that insecure people have come to bolster their own bodies by deeming others, those with fat bodies, less worthy, less capable, and less employable. And that's still as true today as when she wrote it um, in 1978, worryingly. There are a lot of statistics that do show people who are overweight are hired less, promoted less, and paid less. One study suggests that for every six pounds an average American woman gains, her hourly pay drops by 2%. And the author of another study noted that in terms of wages, the obesity penalty basically amounted to losing three years of experience in the workplace. Mm -hmm. But this kind of um, stigma, this kind of discrimination, there is a gender bias and women come off much worse than men in this respect. And uh, Jennifer Shinol, a law professor whose research focuses on discrimination, she said, employers don't mind if an obese man is the face of their company, but they have a very different attitude toward obese women. Mm. This is the world we still live in, unfortunately. And I just got a little aside because, you know, our prime minister um, for many years in Norway was Erna Solberg. And I just just sort of did a little bit of research and she actually had a lot of people made fun of her at the beginning of her career, a very long career Mm. in politics. And she really said, I had to work twice as hard to get to where I am and show I was capable, even though I had the same brain, the same articulation. She had to overcome so much because of her body. But I think actually the fact that she is a bigger body woman and she had such a Uh, prestigious job. I just think she's quite inspirational. So what are your final thoughts on fat shaming in regards to Adele, Lizzo and Rebel Wilson? So I think women in the public eye are definitely under a microscope. And the first thing that people look at is their body, with weight often being the focal point of that. Um, And as someone myself who's in a bigger body, I'm very intensely aware that there are many people who will project their own fears and judgments onto you. 
Sometimes they feel that simply by your existing in public, they have the right to comment on your body and what they believe that says about you as a person, even though they might never have met you before. And that really does still trigger such an extreme response in many people. For celebrities, particularly women, this is even more intensified. They're trapped between being accused of spreading obesity as if it's some kind of infectious disease, for example, Lizzo, or they're accused of selling out for deciding to change their body, such as Adele and Rebel Wilson. They just really cannot win. And sadly, I don't see this being eradicated anytime soon. That said, each person's journey with their body is a personal one. There's no such thing as perfection. And perhaps the only thing we can do as individuals is to keep learning to love ourselves in whatever form we come in and hope that that self-love will be catching. Well, that's my hope anyway. And my hope too. And I've got a great quote from JK Rowling. Fat is usually the first insult a girl throws at another girl when she really wants to hurt her. I mean, is fat really the worst thing a human being can be? Is fat worse than being vindictive, jealous, shallow, vain, boring or cruel? Not to me. Thank you for listening. And we'll see you next time. Thank you to our lovely producer, Emily. If you enjoyed today's episode, please don't forget to leave a review and subscribe. It really does help us in reaching more people. Also, you can follow us on Instagram at Straight to the Comments Podcast. Our handle is S2TC Podcast. And join us next week where we'll be diving headfirst straight to the comments. See you there. This podcast has been produced by Emily Crosby Media.